who they just wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. It wasn't about anything else. They just wanted to see their Savior. And so this morning, 152 years later, um, I don't like saying it's the anniversary of, because anniversary seems like it's something good, and sometimes we say anniversary for bad things. But this is just a day where we remember. Not that Jesus didn't come. It is a day where we are reminded that Jesus is present, even if we don't see him with our eyes. There is no need to be disappointed There's no need to be upset or sad that Jesus didn't come that day because we believe that Jesus is present in our everyday experience. If you read, if you open up your Bible to John chapter 6, beginning in verse 33, Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples and with other people that were around. Actually, not just to the disciples, but to all sorts of people. So it says this, Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. He was, remember, if we remember the story in the book of Exodus where God rained down bread or manna or some type of substance to give the children of Israel food. But he says, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 33. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus replies, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You know, Jesus talks about himself. And I understand that in 2016, sometimes these kinds of the imagery that Jesus paints sometimes is really difficult. Isn't that true? It is kind of weird when we talk about Jesus being the bread of life. But remember, in the Bible, it's often filled with symbols and metaphors to remind us of a deeper reality. This morning, in just a few moments, we're going to celebrate the communion, which is bread and juice, which, as we will see in a few moments, is a symbol that God alone is the one who sustains us and keeps us all the days of our lives. He is, in a sense, the eternal buffet. I have just a quick story. When we were growing up, one of our treats um, for being good, I guess, is that my parents would take us on Sunday mornings to this place called King's Table Buffet. It was right on the border of Anaheim and Fullerton. It's changed a hundred different times for different things, but it was my favorite. Here's why. My mom, for the most part, tried to, tried to, help, tried to cook healthy things at home. Right? The sweetest cookies we ever got were those cookies. They're oatmeal cookies. And, like, that's not, like, I mean, as an adult, they're pretty good, right? Okay, as adults, right? Because we pretend that they're slightly healthier, but they're not. But that was the sweetest things we would get. And she would, she would make everything healthy with a little bit of cheese, if ever. And so, you know, it was, it was good. I'm glad. But every, every once in a while, they would take us to, to King's Table Buffet. And I would go and I would load up on macaroni and cheese. I would, because we didn't get that at home, unless, unless I don't know how. There's a miracle sometimes. I would macaroni and cheese, pizza, because they always had pizza. They always, for some reason, they always had tater tots. So I got tater tots because it was Sunday. <laughs> and, um, and some other kind of meat. I don't know what it was. I Probably chicken or something. But I would load up. 
All right, and I'm a kid. I'm in elementary. Some of you saw the pictures. I was like round when I was in elementary school, okay? And and here's the thing, like t nowadays when I go to a buffet, I'll have one plate and I know like that, you know, that's enough, you know? Kind of like potluck, right? You load up, you know, one big plate. But back then, I would go back plate after plate after plate because I didn't know when I was going to get to go back. It wasn't a set date in the month. My parents just would decide every once in a while that we would go to this place, and I would love it. And my mom would always get mad because she would tell us, you need to start with salad. And I said, why would I waste my stomach space on salad that we could have at home? I want the good stuff, I would tell her. But, you know, that gets me thinking about what this eternal buffet of the bread of life is. What would your life look like if you treated Jesus like I did that buffet where I didn't know when I was going to get to come back? What if every single day you open yourself up to the presence of Jesus through scripture and prayer as though it was the last time you were going to hear about Jesus? What if every single day you were intentional about allowing yourself and opening yourself up to the presence of Jesus. What would your life look like? How would your life be so much better by being and walking with Christ? Revelation chapter thir 3, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, reminds us of the invitation of Jesus when he says, Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. You see, even up until the very last book of the Bible, the imagery is that God is pursuing you. You know, sometimes we think that it is because we open the door, but the truth is, is that Jesus was there before we had the option to open the door. Jesus is continually pursuing us and he is inviting you into his kingdom. There's another passage in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. And again, we started with, a, with this idea the, of this great disappointment because people long to, to see Jesus in a specific physical manner. But the reality is, is that Jesus is present to us every moment of every day. He is knocking on that door. And in Matthew chapter 7, it says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, when it comes to your spirituality and your life of faith, it's not just that we're going to expect to see the day that Jesus returns, but rather it is in the searching for Jesus. It is in the knocking. It is in the asking. The Bible tells us that we find Jesus. Jesus isn't just some place in the future as a destination, but rather Jesus is the process that we go through. It's the asking. It's the seeking. It's the knocking. The reality is, is that anyone who is searching for God will find God because they are already looking for the one who gives life. That second part of that message says this, If there is anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone, or if a child asks for a fish, will you give him a snake? And Jesus says this, If then you who are evil, like sinners, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father 
give good things to those who ask. So if we, as fallen sinful people, still saved by God's grace, if we do good for our children when they ask, won't God answer you when you seek and search God? Of course he will. And so as we're searching, as we're seeking, as what the Bible writers call this, walking and living by faith. I want to read to you from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. You know, as Christians, we, we have the option to continually surrender to Christ every day. And the Bible writers know that even though you are a Christian and even though you have the inheritance of salvation, even though God has forgiven you, there, is still, there are still things in our lives that get in the way from living the way God is calling us to live. And so the writer of the Hebrews commands us to lay aside everything that weighs us down and all the sins that cling to us so that we can run with perseverance the race that is set before us, which is our life, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. We run the race, but the reality behind that race is that Jesus is the one who gets us to the finish line. Jesus doesn't just wait for us and cheers us on, but rather Jesus is the one who gives us the strength when we fail to be strong. Because all of our strength, all of our faith, all of that is made perfect in the righteousness of Christ. And so this morning, as we move toward communion, what's important for us is to remember that there is no need to be disappointed that Jesus didn't come because Jesus is present in our everyday life. There's no need to be disappointed because we know that Jesus is alive and he is well and he carries us towards the finish line of faith. And so at this moment, yes, is our turn for communion. At this moment, I'm going to invite the deacons to come on up. And uh, as we begin our service, uh, the way we'll do it today is um, we will hand out the bread and the juice, and we will ask you to hold on to it. And then I will lead us through the bread first and then the juice, and I'll do a prayer for each, and then um, we'll, we'll let you do that. And also we'll leave a little bit of time in between each to give you an opportunity to just share a short little prayer, you know, silent prayer in your mind. So let us, um, let us bow our heads first. Heavenly Father, as we now partake in this ritual of communion. It is our prayer that the symbol behind this would not get lost on us. We are thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. We are thankful that he rose on the third day and ascended to heaven. And Father, we are thankful for the power that you give us through Christ Jesus. We pray that you would prepare our hearts and our minds as we now begin this service. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we continue to pass the bread and the juice, we invite you to reflect on what it means 
that you are made clean, that your sins are forgiven, and that Jesus did it all for you. When we observe communion, we do it because Jesus commanded us to. He invited us to remember what it is that he gave up on the cross. The reason that we observe communion is because it is a reminder that it is through Christ and Christ alone that our sins are forgiven and that we are assured the promise of salvation. We do this as a symbol of God's love This is a symbol that God has not left us or forsaken us, but is a God who loves us. We are reminded to do this because it's easy for us to forget the magnitude of the sacrifice. And so first, we ask you to take the bread. The Bible tells us that Jesus says, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do not take this symbol lightly. Father, we pray that as we eat this bread, that we would be reminded of the love that you have for us. We ask that you would show us your love and your mercy in a way that we would understand. And so we take this bread and we thank it. Thank you for it in your name. Amen. And Jesus said, take and eat. The Bible reminds us that it is through the spilt blood of Jesus that we are made whiter than snow, pure as Jesus himself. On that same night, in the same way, Jesus took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that the good news is that you forgive us. We are thankful for the new covenant. We are thankful that you give rest to our souls. And so we pray that as we drink this juice, that you would make clear to our minds and our conscience that you truly are the Christ who loves. In your name we pray, amen. Drink. This is just a reminder that sometimes as difficult as as our Christian faith can be, the hardest part of faith was already done for you. Jesus died for you. He forgave you of your sins. And he now welcomes you into his family. Sometimes I sing worship songs as reminders because our our daily lives can be a distraction from what what our lives need to be for. So sing this with me. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have him than have riches 
rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-scarred hand than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. This world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name than to be singing, than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. Rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Then to be, then to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's red sway. Rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Amen. Let us bow our heads as we close. Heavenly Father, we are thankful again for being able to participate in the communion service. We are thankful for what it represents, which is your love. We are thankful for the forgiveness of our sins. And we pray that as we leave this place, that in all that we would do, that we would lift up Christ everywhere we go, and that we may bring honor and glory to all that we do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.